Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited about this episode today. I feel like it's so important to talk about finances. And I know I personally, I don't love to talk about it. It makes me cringe. And I always feel like if I bring it up when I'm in a relationship, they'll think that I'm trying to like, know what they're making so I can hold it against them. I don't know. You'll see my thoughts on it when you listen to this week's episode with Shannon. She has so many really insightful things to say. So I think you're going to really enjoy it. But before we get started on Shannon, I'm going to answer a few of your questions that you asked me this weekend. and I did not get a chance to answer First is roommates, significant others overstepping boundaries by staying over every night. How do you handle? I would just say something to the roommate and be like, hey, I love your boyfriend. Like, you know, I have no problem with him, but I feel like him being here every single night is a lot for me as your roommate. And I'm wondering if either you can go to him a few nights or make it more balanced and like, you know, just say it with love and kindness. And hopefully, hopefully your roommate will hear you and respect you enough to either start going to his place more or have a conversation with him. It's also just not healthy to be, you know, sleeping together every night. So maybe you'll end up saving her relationship at the end of the day. Is being unsure about a relationship enough to break up? I think so. Um, I would say, you know, too many people who are unsure not only don't break up, but they get married nowadays. And I think if there's, if you could avoid getting to the stage where you kind of either have to get married or break up and you're just in a place where you're unsure, yeah, I think that's a good enough reason to break up. You really want to be sure, or at least like over 80% sure that you're with the right person. And if it happens to be early on and you're not sure, then yeah, I would say you can break up. Opportunity to go from long distance relationship to living together, been together for seven months, good or bad idea. Um, Well, the only reason that's coming to mind that it could be a bad idea is if obviously if you break up and then you live together and then it's just harder. But I think that if you have the means to handle all of that going down, then it can be a good idea. I mean, also it depends on your age level and your maturity levels. But I think 
the more you can, like the faster you can figure out if you work with someone, the better, you know, the more, the faster you can figure out if it's a waste of time, that's actually great. And that's why I encourage going on trips with partners, like not fast, but you know, like as soon as you can, because you really find out so much about that person on that trip that you wouldn't have found out just in their element at home. And I think it's so important to see people in different environments. You could end up liking them a lot more or you could end up liking them a lot less. And it's always good to find that out. So I'm just going to get right into our episode now and not keep you guys for too long. I really hope you enjoy it. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts. And I hope that it helps you in your relationships to be more comfortable discussing money. All right. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Helen Johannesson, the owner of Helen's Wines in Los Angeles. This is Wine Face, my podcast that breaks down the ins and outs of wine to an easy, digestible, and more snackable level. We are dropping new episodes every Thursday. So grab a glass of wine, gather some friends, sink into the bathtub, or listen to me on the go. Every Thursday, Wine Face drops. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Can't wait to hear from you and for you to listen along. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with founder of the financial gym, Shannon McLay. So great to be here. What a great space you're in. Thank you. For people who have not been on the couch and heard about the couch, (laughs) the couch is epic. Thank you very much. I'm still paying off the couch in monthly increments. (laughs) So you tell the finance person, right? You're like, full disclosure, couch is not fully paid for, Uh, but it's a great couch. It's a great couch. (laughs) Hopefully we'll pay it off one day. Yeah, one day. Um, So Shannon, how old are you and where are you from? I am 41 years old. I'll be 42 in April and I'm Grew up on Long Island, but I was born in New Orleans. So I know that impacts my... I love New Orleans. Yeah. I was born in New Orleans because my dad was in medical school at Tulane. um, And he was... My parents were... I was their second child and they were 23. So yeah, it's not a shocker that my parents were divorced Mm -hmm. um, at two when I was two. And then my mom took me and my brother up to New York where she... Well, both my parents were from New York originally. Mm -hmm. My dad finished out medical school alone divorced alone dad um in Tulane he tells a very sappy story about Uh about my dad but yeah nice and so how did you so tell us a little bit background of the financial gym what is it is it a gym is it uh, an accountant is yeah. just, uh, but we do have accountants. <laughs> 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 account. That doesn't sound fun. Um, yeah, it is, um, a place you go to work out your money. Um, I had the idea for it when I was working at Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor and I became a financial advisor because I needed one. And I was working with Merrill Lynch advisors and realized 85% were men. And I always say, not that there's anything wrong with that. I married a man. I birthed a man. Like men are fantastic. But um, if people wanted something different, it was hard to find. So I became an advisor. But to work with me, you had to have 250000 in assets. And um, I didn't think anything of that because I'd always been around money. I spent the, that at that point, I was had been in financial services for over 13 years. And I was making six figures. And I didn't think there was an issue getting that. But I started meeting people. When you start telling people you're helping them with money or you're a financial planner, 
people come out of the woodworks. Mm-hmm. And um, my first, I call them pro bono clients. My first pro bono client, she said, I have 250000 of student loan debt and I make $50,000 a year. And, you know, what should I do? And I was like, I mean, I can't help you here. Right. But I wanted to find a place um, to help people. And then I realized there's just not that. So I have to create it. And I thought... Um, you know, there needs to be a place like this. This was six years ago. I had the idea. I was like, it's like when people want to get physically healthy, we have so many places to go to get physically healthy, but if people want to get financially healthy. Where would they go? And I thought you go to a financial gym and it, it's just a place. It doesn't matter what's in your bank account, like what your financial profile looks like. You can get help. So our trainers are in jeans and t-shirts and um, our clients pay a monthly membership fee, like a regular gym. They're paired with their trainer. We call it your BFF, your best financial friend. And, um, and we have our first gym location in Chelsea here in New York. Um, in the next two months, we'll be opening up DC. Our DC grand opening is a few weeks away, um, LA and Brooklyn. And then hopefully another five more gyms by the end of 2020. Very cool. I yeah. love that. And do you guys work like exclusively with individuals or do you ever work with couples? Oh, we love working with couples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We say it's the best couples therapy. We did, we were doing a few different, um, ads and we joke about the, that we're like the best threesome you'll ever have because, <laughs> um, you, your significant other and your trainer. Um, I, yeah, we work, uh, work with individuals, couples, businesses, uh, people in, in college. Um, we work virtually as well. So we have clients in all 50 States now, actually. Um, and for our couples, so I've been doing this now for seven years. What's really funny with couples and money, a lot of funny things. I know it doesn't feel funny in most relationships, but um, there's always, and when having a third party there, what's so great about what we do with couples is like, there's always some kind of friction point about financial decisions. And what I love so much about being on the other side is you never know what what fight you're walking into the middle of. So they'll, Mm. you'll be sitting across from them and they'll say, what do you think about buying a house or, or paying down the mortgage versus investing? And you'll say, well, um, I think you should invest because your mortgage rate is this or whatever. And and one person will say, see, I told you. Uh Or somebody's like, what do you think about us leasing a car or buying a car? And we'll say, think you should lease the car. And here's why I'm like, see, I told you we should Mm. lease the car. There's always a see, I told you. And you don't know what person sits on what side of the, decision. So we get to be like the tiebreaker in a lot of. That's so interesting. Yeah, we get to be the tiebreaker. And then we also get to get couples together um, as far as making joint decisions and feeling good about it. There's also we also joke, too, that there are so many times where we feel like we know after clients meet with us, especially couples, like they're going to go home and get it on. Because like you've just like taken away so much of this like it's mm. not like you don't want to talk about your budget and then like get frisky with each other. You know, right. it's like not a good turn on thing to right. be like, yeah, so we spent this much in food this month and right. let's go have sex. Like right. it's not fun. But like when we're there, we're like, look how great you guys did or you save this or you invest in this and you see them like we did and they like they're mm. all excited you took out like you've removed the that's not so sexy interesting part. because I feel like that's so necessary every couple when they do talk about money they're definitely not having sex that day or that night yeah. you know <laughs> who's it does that doesn't put you in the mood we call it money dates that mm. we tell our couples to have like they should be checking in regularly we call it a money date we, we encourage drinking and 
for it to be like a casual fun experience. But for most people, it's not. It's like, hey, why did you spend so much at Target? Or why did you, why is our Amazon charges this much? It's usually like a fight. Right. And um, that's not getting anybody anywhere. So, you know, we like it to be um, fun. We call it, we call it getting financially naked when you're sharing your finances. And, you know, money's the ultimate taboo topic. And um, we are more comfortable getting physically naked with somebody than financially naked. It's so true. And I want to ask you more questions about that, but just a little bit more about you. Yeah. So I may know the answer to this, but Shannon, what is your Zodiac sign? Yeah, I I had to to tell Lindsay before I even sat down. I was like, because I love that you talk about this so much because I'm a huge um, fan of all things astrological. So I am an Aries. Love it. 100% Aries. I I, can totally tell your Aries energy, but do you know your rising and moon sign? My rising sign is Aries. Yeah. Well, what's so funny is like whenever a few years back when people said, "Oh, when the with the planets changing," and they're like, "You might not be the sun sign." Oh no, that was so bullshit. Yeah, I was like, "No, I'm a hundred percent Aries. Like a hundred percent. I don't care what." Like they tell me or what I read, but everything that I have, I mean, I have Mars energy, like the fact that I'm a leader, I'm very masculine energy. Totally. I've told uh, my team, I'm like, this is my first life because I believe in past lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think it's always an Aries first life because they're the first. No, it's not not my first life. Well, it's my first life as a woman in a long Mm. time. And I've actually, I've had psychics tell me, I I definitely know that I've been men in my recent past lives because, Mm. um, yeah, I mean, what's funny is my team will joke. They're like, this is your first life in a while as a woman. And you came back like a hundred percent woman. You were like curvy, blonde, like big booped woman. Um, I was like, when I I just go all in, if I'm going to do it. But, um, so I have a lot of masculine energy too. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm like, they could say whatever they want, but everything has said that I'm hundred percent Aries. Yeah. I actually, so I also think that I've had past lives. And now that I think about it, because you brought it up, I don't think I ever was a woman either. Which yeah. Is, like, I just don't feel that. I, I, I had a psychic reading um, about two, three years ago. He predicted my divorce. He actually predicted that I was going to get divorced in a restaurant. And I did get divorced in a restaurant, which no was way. like so bizarre. Um, it was like six months after I met with him. Wait, um, you need to give me his information after Oh, this. he's amazing. Oh, he, so he is amazing. He, we did a wellness day at the gym. The finan- we, when we say the gym, we're talking about the financial gym. Um, and for the team, and we brought in like a human design reader, a life mm. coach, nails, a massage. And, and I had them bring in the psychic. And, um, and my team was like shocked. So like he told one of my, my head of marketing, he's like, you need to, uh, your dad passed away or, and, um, why haven't you gotten rid of his ashes? And they, the, they hadn't gotten rid of the ashes. He told another one of my team that somebody in her family was pregnant. Her sister was pregnant and didn't tell oh anybody. Um, so many like freaky things. That's um, so freaky. So years ago he told me, was going to get divorced, which I kind of knew that was coming. But what um, were his predictors or just like sensing the energy? He as soon as I sat down with him, he said, um, you are living a farce mm. in your life. And he's like, you know, there's something off in your marriage or whatever. And then, you know, and then I started to share with him. Yeah. And then he's like, I see you getting divorced. And he's like, I see it being amicable eventually. And I was crying because I was like, I, it was such a I always tell people it's so hard it's so hard on either side of an ending of a relationship, but it's really hard being the one to end it because you're literally, you are literally changing the trajectory of the lives of everyone you love the most. Exactly. As opposed to it just happening to you. And 
I totally understand how some people don't agree with that. Like, there's so many people that are like, oh, yeah. no, you've no idea. It's so much harder. So it's hard to be with. on the other side. I'm like, no. But it actually, like, <laughs> to have that power is so scary. It's like with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, it's scary because you literally know you are you are the one making the decision to change the course of right. everybody's lives. And you it's have you. to know that it's the right decision. Yeah, because you're like, I, it, you, you're the one making the decision and you don't want to hurt. Baby. I don't care how unhappy you are in a situation. Um, I don't think anybody wants to hurt anyone, especially somebody you've been in a relationship for a while with. And for me, I have a child with this person mm -hmm. and um, it was the last thing I wanted to do. But um, as I'm crying to the psychic, he's like, but you're so young and like you can have another life. Like you, it's How not old like were you when you got divorced? I was 30. Let's see. I'm 41 now. Three years. 38 when I got divorced. Mm -hmm. 37 when we separated. Mm -hmm. 38 when the divorce happened. And he's like, you know, it'd be one thing if you're like in your 60s or 70s. I'd just say just, you know, right. like stick it out. But he's like, you have so much more life. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay. And then he's like, and I see you getting divorced in a restaurant. And I was like, okay. You know, it's like as right. they tell you a lot of things. And I was just like, all right. And then literally... We were having a tough time in, during our separation time and we went out to lunch at one of those times. I call it a drunch, a drinking lunch. And we went for a drunch for, um, to this place for tacos and margaritas. And we were had like a civil conversation. It was the first time in a long time we had like a civil conversation. I was like, this was actually nice. I said, you know, and that was when we kind of agreed that we should kind of talk through our divorce and not have like it be attorneys stuff. Right. And so... I said, we should come back here. We should come back here and, you know, agree on, you know, and, and submit to the lawyers like what we our, our wishes are instead of having to fight back and forth. And so then we're, we agreed. We said, we'll get like, we'll Uber there. We'll have my mom watch my son. And that morning as we were getting ready, I was like, we are going to get divorced in a restaurant. And we literally had like our laptops out. That's we were so like, you crazy. get Will this Thanksgiving. You'll I'll right. have this that you file the taxes. Like, we literally hashed it out in a restaurant. Wow. What are the odds? So crazy. Yeah. Well, well, but also the point so was, oh yeah, but the point was the psychic told me, I asked him about past right. lives. That was what started this. He said, I said, what was I, what were my last, what was I in my past life? Yeah. And he's like, you weren't like Cleopatra. And I was like, no, I know. I'm not, yeah. I, don't, I know I wasn't that. He's like, so my recent past life, he said I was in, I was a man and in the military. And I was like, okay. And this was during World War II. And he's like, if you go to Poland, it's going to seem really familiar to you. And he's so like, you also have a scar on your right. You were shot and you have a scar on your right shoulder and huh. some kind of scar, some kind, something on your right shoulder. I have this weird like cyst pussy thing that on my huh. shoulder that like I was he's like, that's from your previous life. That's so crazy. Yeah. And then I, I life before that, he said I was also a man. I was like, yeah, mm. not surprised. <laughs> I So I never got that deep into it with the woman that I saw. But I did ask her, like, what was I in a past life? And she said, uh, like, a dictator of sorts. Like, yeah. And then and then she told me that in an, in another past life, it's like it's uncomfortable to, like, take direction from people from, like, let's say my mom, because, like, I was in charge of my mom Yeah, you had a different relationship you know with your I mean? mom. Like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Something like that. It's so freaky to think. Like, like in her other past life and in my past life, yeah, like, you were I like was her in mom. charge yes, of her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. Because you've so known funny. people in past lives. Yeah. yeah. And it's so weird because my family, like, so my ex went to the psychic and in his past life, it was around World War II. Like, mm. my mom's last past life was around World War II in, like, the same kind of area. So we were yeah. all like kind of around each other around that time. But so interesting. yeah, well, it was so funny too, thinking about me being in the military. And I've told my team, I was like, I think a lot of you were like 
in the trenches with me yeah. in my last life because being in a startup and um, running the company feels a lot like being in the trenches. For and sure. And they frequently, the team, they call me boss lady, but they'll be like, oh, you're our fe- fearless leader, they'll say. And I'm like, probably, we, we've probably been here before. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Okay, so past lives aside, even yeah. though I could talk about them all day, I, I want to ask you a few questions about like, you know, finances when it comes to relationships and dating. And my first one that comes up all the time when people ask me questions are prenups. And I wonder if that's something that you come across at the gym and like what your advice on that is. And also if you could actually tell us what a standard prenup is versus like a a different or edited special type of prenup. Yeah. So, um, I mean, prenups can look different ways. We are 100% fans of prenups at the gym. And why I'm a fan of a prenup, um, and they don't have to be expensive because you can, they're pretty much templated. Um, it, you know, it's a contract, essentially. And contract law is um, is binding and it's very straightforward. Mm. So, um, and I've seen prenups, they can, I've seen a prenup extended to somebody, they didn't sign it, but that like, some kind of uh, circumstance where the wife had to weigh a certain amount um, and look a certain way was oh, part God. of the prenup. Yeah. I mean, anything can be in a prenup because um, it's just a contract. But right. I'm we at the gym, are, we're big fans of it because what I like about it is that no one wants to think about ending a relationship when you're about to get into it. And I'm somebody who's now divorced. When I got engaged, I was not thinking about getting divorced. I was thinking about spending the rest of my life with this person. But you just never know what's going to happen in life. And what happens when you do a prenup is you are creating what's going to be the structure at the end when you're most happy in the relationship. And that's when you want to do it. And it's also cheaper to do it then because if something, God forbid, happens down the road, like you're usually in a bad place. Like mm. people don't, happy people don't get divorced. Happy couples right. don't get divorced. So you're, something's going wrong. And then it's going to cost you a lot more in legal fees and going back and forth. Um, versus like here you just submit it and then it's all taken care of. You'll right. you'll save yourself a lot of money. A. B, the other thing I like about it is it's it gives you a real insight to the person you're getting married to because if they don't want to treat you well, um at, at the end, it says something about who they mm. are, right? If they don't project this fairness um and want it to be fair to you, to both of you, before you get into a marriage, then why would you want to spend the rest of your life with this person? So it kind of also gives you like a insight into them. And yeah, those are the two big reasons for me. So a standard prenup and jump in whenever I'm wrong Mm -hmm. is that everything that you have before you get married is yours. And everything that you make during you're married is split in half with your partner and whatever they make or contribute. And then everything afterwards is, again, yours individually. Yeah. So that's essentially it. What's interesting that people don't realize, depending, it's um, marriage, divorce laws are state-based. So every state has different applications. But if you're in New York, once you get married, whatever you make during that point, either of you... um, and also whatever you spend, so debts, um, they're equally shared. So whether you lay it out or not, um, it's go it's the law of the state of New York. So um that's already it's so some people say don't get a prenup because like especially if you're in a state like New York, it's like the rule, same rule already applies. Mm. But what you want the prenup to that could potentially happen that you would want it to cover, certainly if you have assets beforehand, um, 
or situations beforehand. Um, debt before you get married will not become the other person's debt. But um, if you did want, if you did have money um, and assets beforehand that you wanted to protect, then you should definitely protect them. That's what a prenup would do because after the marriage, it, they could contest that 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 the money you had before the marriage could right. be could be there. So a prenup would definitely protect premarital assets. Um, it also what you might want it to have is uh, that you might not be thinking about in a relationship is like you don't know if you're going to start a business or your significant other is going to start a business and that you have the potential to earn significantly more in some way, right. shape or form in the future. That happened with me. I got married. I never had no intention of starting business um, at 24 when I was getting engaged. Now I have a business and the business actually, it was a challenging thing in our divorce because I had financial gym by the time we were getting divorced. Right. And it was like, well, he kind of helped build it because we, you know, some of his IRA money was used to help like start the gym. So then it was right. like, well, how much does he get? Even though we're getting divorced and literally I'm now doing all the work on the gym. Right. Um, so for something like that, yeah, it gets complicated. And then also if you, let's say, work for your parents and mm -hmm. your money is technically your family's money, right? Then yeah. that is also a more specific prenup. Yeah, you. I, if there is money beforehand, I think you absolutely have to mm -hmm. should get a prenup because um, on either side, because it can get it could be unclear on yeah. how it gets settled after because you can make an argument like right. a, a great lawyer can make any argument about why you should get you know access to that person's right. family's money even if it's not in a trust if it's open for like the taking then yeah a good lawyer is going to find a way to get it right but if you have a prenup then that's gonna that's mm -hmm. gonna block that off and what about let's say new relationships when can you or should you even find out how yeah, much the person naked. is making and vice versa hundred percent do you like you know what if you're going out what if you are dating someone, then let's say you become official, right? Mm -hmm. After a month and then you're starting to split dinners, but yeah. they might be making triple what you make mm -hmm. or you might be making triple what they make. It's just like, there's so much, yeah. like there's so many elephants in the room. Yeah. So like, that's why I'm a hundred percent fan of getting financially naked sooner than later. Like ASAP, not necessarily first date. <laughs> um, although I, I don't see why not. I, you know, we're all about full disclosure with finances and I and money is taboo. But what we see, what happens so much is um, is this kind of unfairness in relationships that happen, but not intentionally. It's like if you don't tell the person what your financial situation is, then you can't be upset with them for wanting right. to split dinner with you. Um, or you can't make an assumption that just because they work for an investment bank that they have money. I mean, we can't, right. I can't tell you how many people we've seen who make six and seven figures who have like $200 in the bank. So right. that doesn't indicate anything. And what the type of clothes they wear and where they live has no indication of what's in their bank account. So we're big fans of it. And and sooner than later, and I, and I always say like, especially if you're going to get physically naked with them, right? Mm. If you're going to get that intimate with them and trust them with the most intimate part of you, your body, why wouldn't you trust them with the next, you know, intimate part of you and your right. finances? And the problem that people have is people feel a lot of fear and shame around their money. And it's like we can be body positive and like have all these like great things about say these great things about our physical appearance. But um, people don't know, like, how do I look financially? Like, is this enough money? Or, or especially if you know you have credit card debt, like that's like feeling like I know I have the cellulite. I don't want him to right. see the cellulite. But you know what? You have the cellulite. Right. So like 
you, you can't keep the lights off. You can't have sex with yeah. the lights off forever. Like he's going to find out about it at some point. But like, how do, how do you ask? Because if anyone asks me how much I make, yeah. my in, instant thought is, is this a gold digger? Like, yeah. is like, what's it to you? You know, it's almost like defensive. Even if it's coming from a good place, it's so hard to like, like, oh yeah, this is how much I make. This is how much I spend every, you know, it's like, yeah. it's a weird thing. It is weird. But if you are thinking about having a life with, you know, building a future with that person, you're going to have to have those conversations at some point. Your finances, we just talked about if you're getting married, your finances are going to be joint at some point. Right. Their financial behaviors are going to become family financial behaviors at some point. But so, how do you ask? Yeah. So there's different ways. So, um, you know, you can start out easy and say, you know, what are some goals you have like for this year? Like, so especially Mm. It's the start of the new year. What are some financial goals you have for yourself? Like, you know, do you want to own a company? Do you want to get a rate? Like, how do you feel about like right. where you are at your job? Um, would you ever want to buy a home? Like, do you ever want to own a car? Like, kind of get there, like, like in a kind of roundabout way, like mm. what their goals are. And um, and then you ask, what do you feel would block you from that happening? Like, what would get in your way of that right. happening? Then they might say, oh, I need to make more money or whatever. Right. Like it could, whatever they say. And then um, I always say, I did, a, I did a podcast episode on my podcast about the questions to ask in a, you know, in a first date. But I think also, you know, say, I, I heard this podcast, they were talking about, you know, getting financially naked and sharing details. How would you feel about sharing your mm. financial situation with me? How does that make you feel? Like if I right. were to ask you questions about like your credit card debt, if you had it or right. um, your credit score, like how does that make you feel? And, um, you know, if they're like, I don't care, you know, that's a great response. If they're like, well, what? <laughs> like your response, why do you yeah. want to know? Um, you know, why like and the other like, why do you care? If they're a gold digger, you know, if they're out for like your money, I think you can, find that out, you know, figure that out pretty right. much. But I think you're going to save yourself. And also you'll save yourself a lot of time and energy. Right. Um, I, that's the yeah. reason. I just like, I almost want to protect some people like from, because for example, let's say that I'm going to make the man, the gold digger in this situation, yeah. in, in a heterosexual dating situation. Let's say a man who's like trying to, you know, be on the come up, doesn't, doesn't make a lot goes to dinner with a woman and they get financially naked mm -hmm. and he finds out that she's, you know, a billionaire, let's say. Yeah. And then, um, you know, he's all of a sudden really interested in her. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel vulnerable for these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but actually most relationships where the woman makes more, um, they have a high degree of failure. Interestingly enough, on one of my podcasts, one of my um, my guests was saying that she was she she started making she did had was in a relationship for nine years, and when they started out, they were both young and not making a lot of money. And then she started her career started to grow, and she started making more than him, and he kept making like nothing. And, and she felt like he was kind of taking advantage of her, and like because mm. he wasn't like upping his game, but she was upping hers, and so. Um, and then they end up breaking up and she was talking to her therapist about it. And her therapist was like, every relationship I've ever seen where the woman makes more has ended. Just like, wow. like I, you know, talking about it. And there's like, and I, and I talked to a therapist because I made more than my ex-husband. I got really, I got financially naked with him early on because I did, I knew I made more than him. I was in an investment banking job when I met him. 
I knew I made a lot for a 24 year old. I, I think at the time I was making over a hundred thousand dollars and I was like 24. And so I said to him, I didn't say exactly how much, but I said, how would you feel if I told you how much I make and I make more money than you? And he's, he's like, I've been a teacher my whole life. So I'm used to right. women making more than me. Like I'm used to that. And so I was like, oh, okay, great. You know, this is, this is a great thing. But what ends up happening. And when I talked to um, my therapist about it, she was like, when we were breaking up, have you ever read the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? And yeah. I hadn't, but I'd heard about it. She's like, men naturally want to take care of um, their, you know, their family, their significant mm-hmm. other. Women naturally want to be taken care of. And it was really interesting because I told her, I was like, you know, I just love for him to pay for a date and know that it wasn't coming from our joint account, you know, like right. that I was funding it. Cause I, right. it doesn't matter if he has his own credit card at the end of the day, I know I'm funding the majority of the right. finances. I was like, I just want to be taken out to dinner. And, um, and he, you know, I'm sure just wanted to be able to pay for dinner right. um, and not feel like I was supporting him. So it's really tough to, and there's been books about it, mm-hmm. about women making more and how to make it work. But it, it's, I think naturally it's it's a difficult dynamic. Yeah, that to is difficult. Anyway. I want to I definitely want to unpack that more at some point. Yeah. But that actually leads me to my next question, which is about joint bank accounts when you mm-hmm. get married and and you said it perfectly that, you know, let's say naturally, you know, women want to be taken care of sometimes and naturally men might want to take care of the woman in in heterosexual relationships. So is it okay? if you have a joint account and then your own separate accounts and you like, let's say put an equal amount into that joint account and it goes for things for like your kids and things for, you know, this, but that it can be your husband's choice or your wife or you as the wife's choice to take your partner out. Yep. That night, you know, I love that idea. Oh yeah. We're huge. We're huge fans of joint accounts because, um, but having your own too. And then, yeah, Yeah. you could definitely have your own. We have some people who are a hundred percent all in. It's a hundred percent joint accounts on, in every way. Um, and then we have people who are a hundred percent joint accounts and, um, and then individual. And then we have people who don't have anything joint and the relationships that we see that have the most stress in them have a hundred percent separate accounts. Mm. Um, having a joint account is first of all I, I tell people if you're already married like you're already in bed with them you're already financially in bed with them anyway why wouldn't you have a joint account and um and they'll say well I don't want him to tell me how to spend my money I don't want her to tell me how to spend my money I'm like but and that was me when in my marriage I didn't want that but then that means you got one foot out the door right. in your relationship anyway right. or why don't you want to feel responsible to that other person like maybe you know what they're saying, they don't want you to spend so much money on whiskey. Like maybe that's a valid point. Right. Um, but, and so we kind of ease clients into the joint ones that have separate re- accounts. We ease them into joint accounts and their relationship gets so much better. Like, mm. it, cause it's so much more transparent and it's easier. What happens when you have separate accounts is it's, Oh, you owe me for rent. I owe you for groceries. Right. Whereas you the, should Venmo me this. Totally. Whereas the joint account can cover those things, but and the it's our. but the individual account you can get them a gift. Yeah. You know, because it's yeah. weird, in my opinion, to get your significant other a gift from your joint account. Like that is bizarre to me. Yeah. Well, or you could do joint accounts and separate credit cards or something like that. But 
Yeah, we have clients who are 100%, like they know how much they paid for the the gift. I was working, I still have this couple. We combine all their finances. We give our clients quarterly reviews. It shows where all your money's going. And right before they got married, the wife emailed me and she was like, can you take out these three transactions, you know, delete them from the report because that's his wedding gifts and she didn't want him to see mm. the wedding gifts. And so I did because right before we were doing the meeting right before the wedding. Right. And um, and then there that same couple and other couples, there have been times where I'm like, what is this? Um, whatever the store is. And he's like, oh, that's her birthday gift. Or and she's like, okay, like, like it, it, right. it's fine because they're so transparent. Right. But um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm hundred percent fan of the the accounts. But going back to why it also makes sense to get financially naked, especially if you're gonna be in a, in a committed relationship, share finances, maybe live together mm. is the, for the fairness of it. So you're talking right. about somebody making three times more than you. Then um, with those couples, we usually say, and we have them create the joint account, that person should be contributing three times more right. to the account. A big problem that we see, especially for women, is like they might be making less than the significant other, but they're splitting the bills in half. And I'm like, why are you splitting them in half when he makes twice of what you make? Right. And the woman's like, oh, I feel bad. I hate when women say I feel bad. Why do you feel bad? Like, right. If he doesn't have an issue with how like much, if it was made, re- if it were reverse, he wouldn't feel. He wouldn't bad. feel bad. He'd charge you. He'd charge you yeah. more than half or whatever. Or, so why are you feeling bad? And one woman in particular, I I because I sat with the couple and he was making three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. She was making seventy, and they were splitting the rent. And I was like, why? Oh, and he wanted to move to a more expensive apartment. And I so said, then he needs to I, step it up. But even before that, I was like, he should. I he said he should be paying. Take your Three two fourths. and yeah, his his proportional share right. should be higher. And if he doesn't like that, if he only cares about you for your paycheck, right. then you shouldn't be with this person anyway. You're so much more so than true. your paycheck and contributing so much more to the relationship than a paycheck. So don't feel bad right. um, because you're so much more than your paycheck. So much more. Yeah. Okay. Sadly, we are nearing the end. So we're going to go through some fun poll questions and then I'm going to ask you for a quote. Okay. Okay. How many months do you need to give your roommate a heads up when you're moving in with your partner? Three to four months or five to six months? I mean, I feel like I feel like the more time, the better. I would I say five to six months because yeah. it's expensive to have to move out and find a new situation and they want to be prepared for it. It really is. You're you laying like in the person. Yeah. <laughs> That's not yeah. good karma though. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're laying in bed with someone and they get like dating app notifications. Someone that you're obviously you just slept with. You haven't defined the relationship. Do you address the notifications? The dating app notifications? Um if it's early on in the relationship, I would not address yeah. it. I think that's too clingy early on. But Yeah, agreed. But after, you know, a period of time, if it's more than a few times you slept with them, then you, you do need you, yeah. you deserve definition. I agree. If it's like I, I think even if it's early, like I would probably make a joke out of it either way and be yeah, like, like and be like notifications off while you're Well, no, it. I would be like, I'd be like, oh, don't forget to respond to your friends from Hinge or something. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> like when I'm leaving. Don't miss an opportunity. Yeah. Um, okay, this is a little um sexual, but your partner masturbating while you're in the apartment in the other room, okay or not okay? I mean, 
it's it's not, not okay for me. Well, uh, my my love language is physical touch. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you'd be like, why? Be like, I let me just do that for you. you. Yeah. yeah. I, I would be like, why? Why? I just get you know. Don't you want a blowjob more? Right. <laughs> um, okay. This is a funny one. It was from Twitter. Your fiance gets kidnapped in a foreign country. You stay out till two a.m. searching with authorities, but eventually you have to call it and return to your hotel. Do you still do your skincare routine? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Such an Aries. I, I love that. I love that. Take care of yourself. Seriously. Should you stick to a therapist who makes you feel reassured or a therapist who isn't as reassuring so you can fight through that weakness? I would say I, to fight through the um, weakness. Like I, I don't like enabling. And I think yeah. sometimes um, if we feel too good and everybody's saying how great you're doing, you're not growing. Right. And um, I think we all have areas for growth. We just don't want to. Yep. Painful. Do you think if someone cheats in a relationship, there were pre-existing issues? Yes, 100%. I remember talking to some a therapist about this. She was like, cheaters, unless you're like a serial cheater and you've mm. got the narcissistic issues, right. which there's really not that many narcissists out there. Most cheaters don't, it's not the cheating that they're doing it for. Like most people don't want to be cheaters. Right. They just don't know how to deal with the other issues. Right. So. Okay. And the last question, I don't know if you've been following up with this, but do you think it's fair that Meghan and Harry are leaving the crown or is this selfish? Uh, I think it's a hundred percent fair. I think that, I mean, I have a conspiracy theory that he's not Charles' son anyway. Um, oh. So I'm, but that, oh, that's I'll my mom's conspiracy that. Yeah. theory that like I've kind of bought into. She's like, she's like, look at him. He kind of looks like the bodyguard, um, Diana's bodyguard. So that's oh my, my mom's God. theory. So I'm like, maybe he wasn't totally connected anyway. Right. But um, I, I think it's one thing if he was William and he's like, I think somebody said he's like sixth in line for the throne. So it's like, is he really going to have the opportunity right. to do that? And, um, you know, versus like living his own life. But I think people from the UK, like were messaging in and they were like, yeah, but they're still living off of our dollar, like our tax paying dollars. Yeah. I mean, well, they did say initially that they were looking to be more financially independent. Oh, actually. Okay. So that's part of, I think that's part of the extricating themselves. Right. Because they live off it because they don't have a way to make other money. So it's like True. a chicken and egg thing. Yeah, like who's going to hire? Yeah. <laughs> Who's, how can I make money? I, yeah, else outside when That's I can't, so I have to do royal duties. Right. So I think part of it is so that they can make other money. So That's fair. they can be self sufficient. So, Shannon, we're going to end with a quote or yeah. piece of advice that has helped you through the years or just that you like or think is fun. Yeah, one of my all time favorite quotes is um, from Wayne Gretzky, and it's You miss 100% of the shots mm -hmm. you never take. And, um, that combined, the, the secondary one is uh, a line from um, the Coldplay song, Every Teardrop is a Waterfall. And and they say, I'm in the gap between the two trapeze. And um, I think a lot of life is like taking those tough shots and like reaching for the other side of the trapeze. And it's super scary to to take like create make crazy decisions and leap um, without knowing if there's a net. But um, that's where you grow the yeah. most. And um and you never know what's going to be on the other side. It's usually something better. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. Where can Thank people you. listen to you? I know you have your own podcast. Yes. And how can they sign up for the financial gym? Uh, my podcast is Martinis and Your Money, Living a Better Life One Cocktail at a Time. <laughs> um, we drink and talk about money topics. And they can find out more at Financial Gym at financialgym.com. Or on, we're on Instagram at the financial gym on Twitter at financial gym. And we have free warm up calls that they can do. And I always tell people sign up for a warm up call because 
I'm the boss and I decide how this works and they're not incented. Our warm-up call team is actually our clients. It's a way for them to side hustle and make extra money. So they're just there to answer your questions and talk about their experience. They're not trying to sell you on joining the gym. And um, so that's a great way to find out more about us. Love it. Thank you so much, Shannon. If you like the episode, write us a review. And don't forget, we have um, upcoming tour dates. If you go to weminatacme.com slash tour, you can find them there. Thank you for listening.